0: Welcome back to another episode of Peter's Proffer here in the courtroom of current events. Really excited about today's episode. We get asked a lot what community organizations we're involved in. We've had some people on from some in the past, and we've got the founder and the CEO of the Homeless Emergency Project here today. It is a an organization in Clearwater that a ton of, of corporate sponsors are involved in. A ton of individuals are involved volunteering and giving to this organization. It does a lot to help the homelessness in Clearwater. Um, They focus on children and families and vets. It's a really awesome organization. We're going to get to dive into what they do, what events they have, and how you can become a part of it as well. So as always, if you want to hear about a specific topic or want to hear from a certain guest, find us on Facebook, find us on Instagram at Tragos Law. You can also send me an email as always, petertragos at greeklaw.com. All right, so we're actually here with the founder of the Homeless Emergency Project and the CEO of the newly named and rebranded, I guess, the Homeless Empowerment Project. So why don't you guys introduce yourself, talk about the name change, when did it happen, why did it happen, and we can kind of go from there.
1: Good afternoon. I'm Barbara Green, and I'm the founder of Homeless Empowerment Program. (laughs) A little correction there. Um, We started in the late 60s, 70s. out of the tabernacle everybody's tabernacle and um, housed a family first my husband bought a house on Garden Avenue which we still house in and um, put the family up and uh, supported them he and the church did for about three years and all of a sudden uh, word got out the tabernacle would help people and so from there it just ended up becoming a shelter in different pieces of property that we owned and then uh, in 1986 uh, we decided that we needed to go public because we needed money for rehab and so forth and run the program. Um, and so we became a 501c3. And I'm sure that you guys remember Roland Fox. Right, yes. He's one that helped us uh, create the uh, 501c3 paperwork. And
2: when it started out, did you start it out as, did you think you'd have the, I guess the the budget you have now and the volume you have now. Do you ever think it'd get this big?
1: No, George. We actually didn't think at all in those sense. We were just so busy um, figuring out what how we could you know make the people's lives better and creating programs through the. We just kept growing without really even thinking about it. Uh, I, we were lucky that my husband was a builder and made uh, good money, and he would buy up the property and we'd build on it or rehab the buildings that were there, so we just were able to keep increasing it. And at the time, when we were running down under the church, there was no salaries paid to anyone that um, was in the church, pastor, or any of them, and so the money was going towards the shelter. Um, so then, we, you know, fortunate in a lot of ways like that.
2: Did you start, Are you started, you the tabernacle, which was yes. one building, mm-hmm. and then you had the, the house, which was one building. Mm-hmm.
1: And then we, okay. he, st- he <laughs> Well, for instance, we own nine houses on Garden Avenue, so you can see them. Now, today? Yes, and more around the neighborhood. But we also, uh, the buildings that were around our property now, we kept uh, purchasing the land or buildings and recreating uh, housing there. So before we get too
0: far into it, let's let Ashley introduce herself and tell what she does.
1: Um, When did you come on, Um,
0: what have you done in the process in the years that you've been there and kind of get it to where it is now?
3: Um, So my name is Ashley. I'm the current president and CEO of HEP. Um, I've been with the organization for about six years, started out in the marketing department, um, grew into the development department, and then I've I've held my current role for the past two years. Um, But to kind of answer your first question about our name change and rebranding, that occurred probably about three or four years ago now. And the reason we changed the name is because back when the organization first began, they were only providing emergency services. So it was really short-term housing, food, clothing, um, just the basic necessities. And um, thankfully, Barb and her husband had the uh, vision to realize that those things were not helping the population that we're serving they really needed long-term support and things that would resolve the issues that were leading to their homelessness in the first place so um, that's kind of where we are now we, we really do empower the homeless to kind of take control of their own lives in future and we do that through the support services that we offer on campus
2: give me an idea how big are you now Give me some um, statistics.
3: We've got eight acres um, in the Greenwood neighborhood in Clearwater, and we provide housing for just under 400 people daily. Um, so our population includes about a third veterans. We house 110 vets daily, um, between 80 and 100 children. Um, we have a significant population of families uh, living on our campus. And
2: you have a dining room. Too. We do, you, do. Do you feed all those people in the dining room? We do.
3: It's about 115,000 meals throughout the course of the year. We do breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Um, we supplement a large portion of the produce that we serve in the kitchen with a garden that we have on campus. So that's, that's part of the, the acreage that we gave you. Um, but yeah, we, we provide all of that on campus.
2: You also have a thrift store. I know for for years, even in the very beginning, the thrift store was an important part
3: mm-hmm.
2: uh, of HEP because we used to come and um, give things all the time. I, I remember that. And, and
1: uh, when well, we built that, the new one on Betty Lane, you know, right. we had some uh, couple that were existing in the past. When we built the new one, we built it on Betty Lane, and of course, we uh, people said why build it where there's no traffic, but we built it for a different reason. We wanted to be able the clients to go down and get the things that they need. Mm-hmm. Um, and there it's given to them free and so every year we tally that up so we give back out of the thrift store about seventy to eighty thousand dollars worth of clothing and shoes and different things that the client gets Uh, donors love to hear that because you know they when they give you stuff they like to say we want this to go for the client and it it surely does there
2: I know the Clearwater Police Department I think actually some of the other departments in the county uh, have a relationship with ATP Tell me how that works.
1: Um, they've always been involved with us from day one, years ago, and um, we even have the police chief on our board. That's the uh, chief for St. Pete. He was Clearwater, Tony Holloway, and he's, he's on our board. So we're involved in that way, but we're also involved with the officers and stuff. there. very familiar with HEP. Um, just when we created the Pinellas County kind of Coalition for the Homeless and the Homeless Leadership Board, we came up with the idea then of having an officer with a social worker in the car going around. And if they saw homeless, they could do, um, bring them to our shelter or to others like uh, Safe Harbor and different ones like that.
0: What other services do you guys focus on empowering the homeless in Clearwater to, to actually help? And what's the goal of the HEP?
1: To have this shelter, the last shelter they're ever in.
0: Right. Meaning empower them to go out and start living on their own and not being homeless anymore and and producing on their own, having a place to live on their own, having a job. What do you guys do to help them get into job placement, things like that?
3: Uh, we have a workforce development center so we we focus on resume building Um, a lot of our residents have not had to apply for a job online before so we help them to do that Um, we're also working with the Pinellas County School System to provide adult education opportunities on campus that's all within walking distance of all of our housing Um, in addition to that, we do comprehensive health care. So we have on-site medical care, mental health counseling, substance abuse treatment. Um, we have child care. We provide before and after school care as well as a summer camp because a lot of our families are working. So that helps to kind of um, fill in where they, where they may need help with child care. Um, we have
1: a health and wellness center. You st-
2: do you still have a dentist office? Yes.
1: Uh, that's We're actually a,
2: a dentist actually on-site to do dental work well. As well, that started in
1: 1994. Yeah. And it's been there ever since. We have uh, over 30 dentists that come um, monthly. And then we have, uh, last year we did, uh, well, 2019, we went over the million dollar uh, uh,
3: value of dental services dental that we provide yeah. him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: And it's a full service dental clinic. They do everything from braces to crowns. I mean, braces. <laughs> <laughs> crowns, <laughs> hood, root canals, everything. Wow,
2: that's awesome. How, how does someone get involved with HEP. Either what do you Volunteering. Mean? Oh, volunteering. Or, right.
1: How, how does that, tell me
2: how someone can do that if they want to volunteer and help.
3: Um, they just need to let us know. We have a volunteer coordinator. We handle about 2,000 volunteers throughout the course of the year. So there's plenty of opportunity to get involved Um, and in in areas ranging from the the uh, dining hall to our maintenance team um, they can volunteer in the office office, at marketing events Um, so again there's plenty of opportunity they just need to let us know how about if
2: they want to donate how do they Um, do
3: that they can they can talk to barbara or or myself um, and we also accept donations online Um, our website is hepempowers.org um, and there's a donate tab, and they, they can go there and make a contribution.
0: What kind of events do you guys put on to kind of either get, get the community involved, get sponsors involved, get volunteers involved? You guys have a lot of events, don't you, that you put on throughout the year?
3: Yeah, we have one primary fundraiser, which okay. is our golf tournament. It's mm-hmm. every October. This year we're holding it at uh, Innisbrook on the Copper Copperhead course. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, I believe, the second Friday in October. Um, and then throughout the year, we, we have what we call third-party events, which is like when a restaurant or business will host an event um, on behalf of HEP to raise funds. Um, so we're very thankful for, for those, of course. And
1: we we encourage groups that have meetings to meet there at HEP in the boardroom, and we, we'll get served lunch, and so and they can do the tour, too, while they're at there. Or or learn about HEP. So we have a lot of uh, people that do get involved from that, like Walmart. Um, years ago, we had the Twenty-one managers come there and it's uh and now they're one of our biggest donors
0: how does someone who's looking for the help HEP provides get involved with HEP
3: um it's largely word of mouth okay. um we're, we're very well known among the homeless population for providing um, support services and housing um so we were we're not ever really in a position where we need to do outreach to get mm-hmm. Uh, individuals probably have more than you need we do yeah yeah Um, so hopefully in the next year or two we're actually going to be looking at expanding our campus um, by another three to four acres um, to provide family housing because we're seeing that that's where there's a significant need right now there's a lack of affordable housing in our area um, and unfortunately we turn away hundreds of families a year because we simply don't have bed space
0: and when you don't, even if you're not able to house the family or the person that needs help, do you still provide other services to them if they're not actual residents of the HEP? Is there other things they can be involved in, or is it all just for the people staying on the property?
3: Um, the services that we provide are primarily for the residents that we're serving directly. Um, if somebody does come to our campus and we don't have housing available, we'll work with that individual to find them placement in the community. Um, so we, we try not to put anyone in a position where they're forced to, to go elsewhere.
2: You know, one of the areas, uh, and I've been involved with HEP for a long time, but uh, I was really uh, excited because you've gotten into the veterans. I mean, you've really started to help veterans a lot uh, in the last couple of years. Give me an outline. What's really going on with the veterans at HEP? And why did you see that need?
1: Well, we've housed veterans the whole time that we've been involved, which is about 45 years, but the volume has increased much in the last... 10, 15 years uh, and the services that we provide are like uh, of course the um, the shuttle that goes back and forth to takes them to appointments daily um, we have activity directors with that work with them we have a clubhouse that has a fitness center um, Wi-Fi t- big TV so forth um, we built 32 new apartments about three years ago now a little bit maybe a little bit longer that Targeted just Iraq and Afghanistan vets. Uh, we deal a lot with PTSD. We have counseling on site, and then the VA, of course, provides counseling there too. Um, they're uh, working with them daily and getting them involved. We encourage them to volunteer there at the program. They volunteer in the kitchen, they volunteer on the grounds, or you know, even in the office around us and so forth. So they um, keep them busy. And the young, the ones that are coming back. Um, you deal with them differently than you do the Vietnam and the, the Gulf Wars and so forth. Um, they like having their own place in their own apartment. They're not so much as community, um, you know, where they you house them together.
2: When you built these buildings. That was a, that's an interesting kind of an interesting story. Uh, it was kind of a dream. Yes. <laughs> to, to have housing specifically designed for veterans. Yes. And uh, you dealt with the VA, and you you dealt with a lot of government agencies in order to be able to provide
1: that. Yes.
2: Um, How, how, kind of, tell us about that struggle, uh, because I know it took a long time.
1: Well, when we knew that we wanted to target the Iraq and uh, Afghanistan vets, um, we visited the VA and they told us that they were different. They didn't like to be in the community where the other uh, war vets were. Um, And so we set out to raise money Uh, to build those 32 apartments and my brother-in-law, Bruce Fife, at that time was chairman of the board and he had lost a son, a Marine, in Iraq. And uh, he spearheaded a um, campaign and we raised that money with um, different groups including the city and the county and private donations, a lot of private donations Um, and the clubhouse um, we could not get any type of government funds for that. We, of course, the HEP donors and the new people that got involved built that. Um, it, may, it makes a difference. Uh, if you've never been to HEP, you should because we, we're we very um, clean, very, to tell the truth, we don't look like what most people think homeless shelters look like. Uh, our goal was always to give um, that person that came, the client. Nothing we wouldn't eat, wouldn't, nothing we wouldn't wear, and wouldn't, nothing we would live in. And that's a, a large goal for a shelter. Um, and I say that because you, you never have to be ashamed to say this is where we're housing people.
2: And you still live on campus, don't you?
1: I live next door.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
3: yes. She's got about a 10-foot walk from her house to my office, so it's, it's like right across the way. And a lot on gas. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so what does the future look like? What do you think? Well, I know she talked about acquiring three or, <laughs> three or four more acres. What, what do you, Is that housing that you're going to put in Yeah, that'll,
3: that'll be affordable housing for low-income families. Um, so we're hoping to house up to, to 40 individual families there um, in, in apartment-style housing. Um, so it'll be similar to the, the permanent family housing that we have on campus now, just expanded.
0: So what, what does the timeline actually look like when you call it permanent family housing? What is your plan for when somebody shows up to when they're able to make it on their own?
3: The plan is always to get them out into independent housing. Um, Permanent supportive housing allows them to continue to access the support services that we have on campus, but in a more independent fashion. So by that point, they're paying a portion of their income if they have it to HEP as rent, which helps us to cover some of those support service expenses, but they still have access to regular case management, um, school supplies for their kids, the after-school program. Um, things that they need to kind of make ends meet, and then we continually work with them until they're at the point where they're ready to be on their own in the community.
1: And the, we always say that HEP is like a big wheel. Uh, we have emergency shelter; they come in, um, individuals, 90 days, families, 120 days, and then we have transitional housing, is, which is six to 18 months, six months to 18 months, and then of course permanent housing. If they qualify for the transitional housing, they can go in there from a emergency (coughs) shelter and when she talked about the rents it's 30 percent of their income in those programs so it's not a lot of funds from the client it's it's some but it allows them to be able to save money if they have jobs and stuff like that for getting into apartments on their own too and a lot of the landlords surprisingly work with us they trust HEPs um, because we're grooming those clients to Mm -hmm. make it work when they move out in the community. The vetting
0: process, basically, of the yes. HEP, right. Yeah. And so,
1: you know, and that helps us, um, the clients find places that they can move into, and a lot of them move in together. They, You know, the buddy system or so, to afford you know, to live outside in the community. The other thing that we do for the families, and actually you can tell them about that, how they, we track and follow them after they leave, mm-hmm. and so, even the individuals.
3: Right. So all of our families, after they exit our program, we follow them for up to two years to make sure that they're maintaining their housing in the community. Um, that way, if they're on the cusp of becoming homeless again, we can we can intervene and prevent that from happening.
0: And try to help them stay afloat there as opposed to getting back into...
3: Into the system. Right, yes. right. Yeah.
0: Okay, very cool. Thank you guys so much for coming on. It was a lot of fun. We learned thank a you. lot. I think anybody can get behind a place that whose slogan is helping people help themselves, right? So <laughs> yes. thank you guys so much for coming on today.
3: Thanks for having us. Thank we you. appreciate it. Yes. Thank you.